Good evening, and welcome to the Aging Hipster Star Wars Rewatch. I am Darth Bob Serrano. Social media is in flames. Every geek has picked a side in an all-out nerd civil war. And that can only mean one one thing. A new Star Wars movie has been released. Tonight, we are talking about Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. Just one note, uh, the usual co-host of the Star Wars Rewatch... Toby, Mr. Romantic Crimes is unfortunately he's on he's on assignment right now and will not be calling into the show. Uh he's in California. He actually might be calling in in a couple days, but we'll have to see. But I, I thought it was prudent to have a guy have boots on the ground in Hollywood during this time. So he's kind of holding it down there. But while he'll be missed, I have a couple of great guests today. First up, back from uh Episode 6, The Return of the Jedi. It's Pat Collins. Welcome back. Thank you so much, Bob. I'm uh I'm excited for this one. This this is what we've all been waiting for these uh past uh well, I guess 42 years ultimately, but uh I mean not all fans, I'd say most fans potentially have not been around that long to our see the lives. very beginning, <laughs> but essentially our whole a lot of people's entire lives waiting for this moment. So let's hash it out. <laughs> All right, and you have an upcoming podcast, right? I do. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, roommating habits. We're in the pre-production phase right now, but uh, essentially, it's an informal guide to cohabitation and social living. Essentially, just living with other people. Uh, we're just going to be taking some horror stories from roommates and uh, breaking those down, analyzing them, seeing where they went wrong and just go all Dr. Phil on it in our, uh, uh, in our very sarcastically infinite wisdom. Well, I'm looking forward to listening to that. And you said it's going to come late January. Yes. That's the, uh, the, the game plan is for late January, early February release on all major platforms where podcasts are sold and or downloaded. Well, thank you, Pat. And another person from Canada. we got two Canadians on here. It's Peter Fisher. He's a panelist on the upcoming uh, new show, Now You've Seen It. And he just broke down The Watchmen for, I think, the first episode. Yeah. Welcome, Peter. Yeah, uh, this is actually like our third one that we, we recorded, but I guess it's going to be the first one out. We also did 2001. But yeah, uh, yeah, we're starting that in January. So uh, it's, it'll be a weekly thing where various people talk about movies that... As geeks, we should probably know, but for some reason, the guest hasn't seen yet. And I also might make an appearance as well, if they can afford me. You can find Now You've Seen It on all major podcast networks as well. They have a Facebook group up and running, and so please like that, subscribe. I don't even know if the feed is up, but please uh, subscribe and like the Facebook group just to be in the know for some news. So uh, before we kind of get into... Our episode, let's take care of some business. Uh, this episode is brought to you by the Aging Hipster Network, featuring the Aging Hipster Rewatch. Starting in January, each month has a movie theme, and we are engorging ourselves cinematically on that theme. January is rom-con January. We just shot, we just did uh, Clueless. We're going to do now, uh, wait, You've Got Mail, Bridget Jones' Diary. We did Love Actually, a whole bunch of great stuff. February is Frank Oz February. March is Martial Arts March. April is Animation April. June, um, I'm not sure what June's going to be, because how long can a gimmick go? I think Jurassic Park June, right? What do you guys think? Any ideas? Movies to do. Do a whole. Dial me in. Yeah, Yeah, color color me there for uh, for Jurassic Park June. But yeah, and then July. Then I'm then I'm really I'm really out of ideas. Frank Frankie and Annette 
uh, movies, beach movies in July. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, and as always, Pat and Peter, you have an uh, open invitation to come in on any of those. Pat, I think you are joining us for one. Shoot, I forgot which one it is. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Oh, um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Michael Caine and uh, Steve Martin. Uh, yes. as a couple of shysters and uh, yeah really looking forward to rewatching that one it's been a while since I've uh, since I have watched it so I'm looking forward to the excuse of uh, getting down and watching that classic oh me too it's been a lot of fun after rewatching all of this stuff like 20 hours of Star Wars I am ready to just fall in love again in January when <laughs> rom-com January all right let's get into the movie though Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, directed by J.J. Abrams, written by about five people, including J.J. Abrams, um, starring the top billing as Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Adam Driver, uh, Daisy Ridley, and all the, our favorite people. So uh, I just saw that the opening figures came in. Uh, they opened with 175 million dollars at the box office, down from the Last Jedi's 220 million dollar start. Uh, but then, considering where the Rise of Skywalker um, is already on lists, it, this is actually the 12th highest opening in history, so they still did pretty dang good. Uh, critics are decidedly mixed on the film. It has a 57% on the tomato meter. It's the second lowest uh, uh, of all nine episodes of the saga, just ahead of The Phantom Menace, which had 53%. But it was not as bad as Cats which had 18%, so it has that going for it. And what's interesting, so I was looking at Rotten Tomatoes, so The Last Jedi had a really high critic tomato meter of like 91%, but there was a very famous kind of um, campaign to uh, on the audience score that had a very low audience score, and now it's, it's flipped. We have a five, 57% from the critics and 86% on from the audience so it's kind of everything's flipped and that of course is really set uh reddit a twitter with a whole bunch of uh stuff um and so i pulled some some kind of critic top line notes that kind of really kind of shows what everyone's thinking first up a couple uh unflattering reviews first one from amy nicholson from film week she says you sense in this film jj uh is shrinking that world Everything in this franchise feels like a take back. Next up, David Sims from The Atlantic. The Rise of Skywalker is a fitting epitaph for the thrills and limits of repetition. May it be the last episode of a saga that should have ended long ago. Pretty harsh. Uh, Matthew Raza from Salon.com. This is actually this is a positive one. If you dislike The Last Jedi, like I did, you'll like, but probably not love, The Rise of Skywalker. If you like The Last Jedi, this review might not be for you. I think that kind of sums up things very well. Yep. <laughs> yep. I don't know how you guys feel. That was the uh, the the only spoiler-free review that I heard through word of mouth of a buddy of mine who I went to see the movie with. Uh, a colleague of his had seen the movie the night before, Thursday night, and we saw it on Friday afternoon. And he said, without spoiling anything, I heard that. that and it was that exact line. So I had a good chuckle when I saw that in there that... Um, he said that this person didn't like The Last Jedi, so he really trusted his opinion because this friend I went with was not really <laughs> an overly huge fan <laughs> of uh, the uh, the Last Jedi there. But uh, I I thought that to be very accurate uh, and seems to be 
you know, it's it's lining in perfectly with that because critics uh, overall, obviously, as you were saying, didn't who did not like the uh, who did like the Last Jedi that was completely flipped with the audience itself. So it's uh, it's just funny to see that kind of the flip flop of the reviews this time around. We're all picking sides. We're all picking sides. Right. The last one from Peter Travers from Rolling Stone says, okay, the final episode isn't perfect. You'll nitpick it forever with your friends, but that's the point. Star Wars isn't a movie. It's family. We're that close to it. And the infighting about what it does right and wrong is as crucial as the love. So kind of makes me feel good. I kind of agree with that a whole bunch. But anyways, let's get into what you guys thought of the movie and get me stop reading other people's opinions. Let's start with you, Peter. What'd you think? I sort of agree with Matthew Rosa there. Uh, I, I rewatched the last Jedi last week, getting ready for last Thursday. And technically the, the, the filming of it was, was nice, but basically Ryan Johnson goes, well, I don't care what they said in the last, what, what would have been, 18 hours of, of films and all the books. And I want the ship to go through Snoke's ship when it goes to hyperspace. I don't care. That's just the way it is. And uh, so this, I, I said before we started recording, this is sort of like the uh, Days of Future Past that they did with X-Men in Star Wars version. Go, yeah, don't don't worry about that thing that happened last episode. Uh but yeah, I, I I like it a lot better than the uh, the Last Jedi. Hey, this is Jarrett Wilson. Uh, I just wanted to call in and give my thoughts on the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I honestly loved it. I had some issues and everything at, with with it. You know, like I kind of thought the beginning of the film was a little fast, the pace, pacing wise and things like that. But as far as just like the overall conclusion to everything, the end of the movie, I was just smiling ear to ear. And in fact, like when it, uh, you know, I don't know if I want to go into spoilers here, but there was just a couple points in there where it was just like so uh, emotional, really, for me. And just certain scenes, especially uh, with with like Chewbacca and everything like that, with how it just all came together. And I just the the scenes with the Emperor, I thought were really impactful, and it just all came together in such a wonderful package that I just loved the entire time. I'm anxious to go see it again. I want to go see it like two or three more times in theaters. Uh, you know, I, it it just was great for me, and I really really loved how it all came together. Um, but yeah, so that was those were my thoughts on it. Loved it, and I can't wait to listen to the rest of this episode. Bye. And how about you, Pat? Yeah, I uh, I think I'm dialed in with you there, Peter. Um, well, like you have to give props to JJ, I guess you could say, in this whole grand scheme. Um, now I'll I'll kind of retcon this would say, well, not retcon, but go back and say that of course the original Star Wars trilogy was not filmed with the same director going through all three. Of course, George Lucas was at the helm, I'd say, and just giving some good notes, but it wasn't ultimately directed by him. Uh, or each each installment was not directed by him. But I think recently, the way cinematic storytelling goes, we get the, um, and, and I'll use Lord of the Rings and those two trilogies as an example. You get Peter Jackson, who has this one vision. It's essentially one big, long story over a trilogy. And it's almost hard to differentiate those movies. You can think of points in time that... Uh, an event may happen, but you may not necessarily kind of associate that with the movie itself. Whereas I think it was a little bit more 
the original Star Wars trilogy was a little bit more defined in these were individual stories. And it seemed like Disney perhaps didn't quite know exactly which direction they wanted to go. They just knew they needed to get a Star Wars trilogy out and done. Um, so I thought like it must have been pretty tough for J.J. Abrams to essentially take on this uh, this huge task uh, with, you know, I'd say, as, as lame as it sounds, a lot of responsibility, I guess. You, you might feel that in order to deliver a quality uh, conclusion to a story for not only the fans, but I think for himself, because he's a huge, admittedly a huge fan. Uh, and then hand off the reins to Ryan Johnson, who, you know, he's he's a great filmmaker. He's He knows what he's doing, certainly. And I think maybe that was the problem in that, or not problem per se, but that's where a lot of the conflict is arising is because these great storytellers, these great directors are very, they do have their own vision and their own uh, style. And I think that's pretty apparent with between The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi and now The, the Rise of Skywalker in that um, J.J., goes back and kind of adjusts a few of those things. Like you say, that the light speed through the ship, he kind of, I think JJ was kind of cleaning up the scraps a little bit for him and just saying, well, that was the, the holdo maneuver. That's a one in a million maneuver. And just kind of saying like, we can't do it every time because it does seem like that sh- they should just, why not do that with every ship? Why not just set up a couple of dummy ships and just plow a line through all of those um, dreadnoughts or not dreadnought. I think that's what they were called in the previous book and saw it, but those star destroyers just mow the lawn with uh, a few dummy ships um so yeah jj i think had a big task cut out for him uh in taking up the direct uh, you know being the director for this one and i really do wonder what the trilogy would have been like had he been at the helm for all three instead i i don't know it's it, but all i do know is that i enjoyed uh, I was a little bit more satisfied with this. I think it kind of tidied up a lot of those loose ends that you maybe questioned um, overall. But uh, I, I had a better feeling coming out of the theater out of this one than I did for The Last Jedi, certainly. And even for The Force Awakens, I thought uh, um, this was even even better than that one, in my opinion. Hello, the aging hipster hotmail. This is Mike D. I'm calling in with hot take just watched Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker and oh boy there was a lot going on in that movie so wanted to give a quick hot take I do think I kind of feel like there was never going to be a way to finish this trilogy in a good way The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi were just so different fan base was super divided Ultimately, I think that J.J. did a pretty decent job closing out the trilogy, leaving room for some more storytelling. But ultimately, I think that Star Wars needs to move away from the trilogy model and allow some freedom to storytell without the limitations of three movies. I think overall, I liked it. Not perfect at all. But I liked it in general. I think there were some really good themes. Themes of family. Themes of friendship. A lot of stuff from the original trilogy that kind of translated into this new, you got the Ray Poe Finn connection and the family connection that felt very original trilogy with Luke, Han, and Leia and the gang. Uh, 3PO was OT classic. Leia, they did a great job with Leia in the movie. Um, I think there was some pretty cool fan service stuff with, the Ewoks and being on Mustafar and all that fun stuff. I think the Kylo Ren and 
and Ray connection was pretty solid. I think they did a good job building off of what the last Jedi did in in that movie and and taking and building upon that. But I think where it missed the mark was that it was extremely rushed. There was way too much going on. And I think the whole Palpatine thing just fell completely flat. I think they rushed that thing. There was a lot more they could have done with that. I almost feel like they could have done two movies of the Palpatine to give it a little bit more levity. And the fact that he's still alive with no explanation and how he is pulling the strings and created Snoke and gets his power back and is somewhat easily defeated. It just felt super, super rushed. So anyways, like the movie, I would love to talk more about this. I'm sure that all of your many, many fans throughout the world uh, have thoughts on this as well, but I just wanted to call in and give a couple quick hot cake opinions just fresh out of the movie theater. I'll probably uh, watch it again and have completely different thoughts. But uh, anyways, thank you for the time. Love what you're doing. This podcast is amazing. Hope you all are well. Talk to you soon. <laughs> uh, and then so does this film. So here's one of the things I've kind of seen out there. Does this film represent Disney and J.J. Abrams capitulating to a vocal minority that hated The Last Jedi? Pat. Ah. Uh. Yes, and uh, I, I just say yes because I think secretly JJ is one of us, where he's just kind of like, oh, is that really like, uh, is that the direction I really wanted it to go? That, that that's not quite what I meant when I said, you know, or when yes. I had this uh, the ship taking off and little Ray screaming there. I didn't quite have the idea that he was just or she was just sold for drinking money. Uh, so and then having to double back and say. And of course, you can disguise that with the whole, with the original, you know, callback of, well, what I told you was true from a certain point of view. And just like, yes, you can mask it with that. But I think that was JJ's way of just kind of being like, well, hold up. No, that's that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. Yeah. So this is how we, you know, uh, yes, they did sell you. They did sell you. I'm not retconning what Ryan Johnson said, but they sold you because of this and gave you that big, juicy it was one of Palpatine's kids. Um, I don't. Did, I did they know ever he actually was married? Say? Yeah, yeah. It, it just had a side Sith, I guess. And uh, um, yeah. which, how about you, Peter? Like in they they telegraphed this even back in in the Force Awakens when Kylo Ren doesn't know anything, but he hears there was a girl. So what do you mean, girl? And then he had does a hissy fit over it. So obviously, Snoke had mention something to him about about looking needing looking for a girl that that's has good call powers. yeah so yeah and it, it's also sort of like the uh the oh the the japanese movie with the three the scene in three different ways from three different uh, rashomon rashomon thing in the last jedi where you have in the first one she's left behind and then in the second one, they say, "Well, no, they they sold you away. That's it. That's they didn't like you." And then now it's like, "Oh no, they really liked you, and they didn't want you to go see your grandfather, so that's why they left you behind." So it's it's uh, it it worked out in the end, actually. So more than the uh, more than I don't know, like 
Do you, th- yeah. do you think the film spent too much time, like kind of deliberately walking back decisions made in the Last Jedi, or is that something that needed to happen? Like, for instance, Rose was sidelined, um, you know, and they, their fan was just basically like did the whole shoulder clap, which, which is pretty. That's pretty harsh. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like. I I think she could have played a stronger role, a, a more prominent part within this. Um, you know, I think uh, it's. I, well, I was thinking about it, and I guess the original trilogy did introduce new strong characters in every episode. Because yeah, although the overall story is you're following the, you know, the main gang of uh, Han, Luke, Leia, Chewie, R two, and three PO, you're following them. But you get these side characters, like in, um, you know, Empire, you get uh, Lando coming in and he ends up being a big part of it. And then he's a big part of episode um, Return of the Jedi as well. Uh, So I was kind of I was surprised a little bit that Rose didn't get something like that. Although, you know, they literally brought back Lando. Um, I think maybe I don't know. They could have utilized uh, Rose a little bit better as opposed to just her putting her hands on her hips in the background and throwing up some questions every once in a while. I think she, uh, I would have liked to see more, more of her. Yeah. Rose should have been like, Hey Finn, who's that friend with you that, uh, looks like you're riding, you're riding like wildebeest horses with. And, uh, Hey, how about me? Remember me? I saved your life. I kissed you. We kissed, we kissed. And, uh, I just T-boned your scooter to prevent you from colliding into a, uh, you know, a, what ha- happens on crate stays in crate. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, pretty pretty harsh. But Kicking you know, up their own red sail. That's war Ooh. for you, right? That's war. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so here's another question: Did we need the emperor to come back, Peter? Did we need the emperor to come back as a big bad? Uh, for the well, it, it all goes back to the Dark Empire comic books where Palpatine came back and he had clone clone bodies of himself and it, are those still part of canon i can't oh, it's, remember it's, they're not no because oh, okay. it's a dark yeah, horse comic right. not marvel so it's it's not good i guess uh but for the for ray being his granddaughter he needed to be back in some some form or shape because otherwise it's like like snoke ended up being like a joke because like Oh, I have you where I want you. What's this? Oh, I'm cut in half. Oh, sorry. Uh, so if he's not the mind behind it, there, there's got to be someone smarter pulling all the strings. Now, the fact that they did that and he used the exact same uh, s- same uh, uh, scheme that he did on Endor with the same, yes, your friends are going to die. Yes, kill yeah, me and yeah. I'll be part of you. No. What? <laughs> I have seen it. Well, you saw it wrong. Maybe you need some glasses. Yeah, he only has like one set of plans I ever made because if he was in charge, his first his first go around was build Star Killer Base well, like, and like leave one small one like place of uh, <laughs> that you could bomb it. It's like the uh, the uh, Watchmen episode we did and now you've seen it where i said that uh uh, zach snyder is like eric cartman with his revenge company (laughs) it's like (laughs) yes we're gonna do it and then we're gonna take poo and rub it on yes it'll be great we'll get back come back on it well what what about uh no something else okay i'll 
okay, what we'll do is take some crap and rub it over that, and then you'll be back. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, so Pat, like Palpatine coming coming back, kind of causes a lot of uh, problems as well. Um, one of them that I came up while I was uh, arguing on Reddit, doing my own part of the fight with my pitchfork, was does Palpatine, uh, Palpatine coming back from the dead? Does it make Anakin's sacrifice insignificant now? Is the balance of the Force even possible? Well, I uh, because it, you know it, it, when at the end of okay, hold on one more second because yeah. at the end, Ray's down there and all the different Jedi are talking or like, hey. You're, you're doing good, buddy, and all that kind of stuff. And Anakin's like, bring balance to the Force like I did. And it's like, no, you didn't, buddy. Because the Emperor's right there. There's no balance. For a period of time, perhaps. Uh, but it's kind of like, you know, it's like when the maid cleans up. She's just like, I just cleaned up this mess. Like, it's clean for 15, 20 minutes. And then all of a sudden, it's a mess again. It comes back. It Like, dirt is always going to come back and get in there. So maybe... Uh, but yeah, like, overall, I, I think that's also... That'd be a pretty weak prophecy to have, uh, you know, all this this lore passed down for generations saying someone's going to come in and clean that mess. And it's going to be cool for like 20, 30 minutes and we're good. But it's going to come back. But like it, it, it cheapens it, I think. Maybe it doesn't make it completely irrelevant, but I think it kind of uh, it does cheapen it a little bit, perhaps. Um, Peter, do you yeah. think it cheapens... Uh... Anakin sacrifice? Mm, not really, because if he hadn't have done what he did, none of this would happened. It still had to be done. Yeah, like yeah. he still he still had to make that sacrifice. I uh, maybe, yeah, maybe I Anakin's force. Yeah, maybe Anakin's force ghost can just like hold on with this whole balance thing. You, you know, you did what had to be done. You didn't balance anything, buddy. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, it's... Does him? Okay, here's another one. Does Palpatine coming back make? Uh, the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi, uh, Last Jedi, uh, all the stuff that happened there, kind of insignificant as well. Because for what, number one, if Pal- Palpatine was pulling the strings through Snoke, then why did they build uh, Star Killer Base? He has like a thousand like Death Stars, his ships. So why even build it? Yeah, uh, I was uh, I, w- I was reaching when I was trying to come up with my own little mini theories for this. Uh, a lot of the expanded stuff, the new stuff, does lean into um uh palpatine's interest in the outer regions or the unknown the unknown regions uh mm-hmm. and that comes with like his partnership with grand admiral thrawn um where they're just like essentially thrawn is helping uh palpatine so that if at some point so he can use palpatine's infrastructure and resources to then help defend against this other unknown threat that i'm sure will come down the disney pipeline at some point but um uh, i i there is that but again that's that's only for the i'd say overall few ish fans i don't want to say every single moviegoer needs to read this in order to get it but it helps perhaps um <coughs> but like it, the only thing i could really come up with about star killer gaze uh, star killer base was perhaps it was just some sort of he needed it to happen relatively soon like for the um he needed to destroy hosnian prime and the new republic and have them completely crippled before releasing you know before tip playing his hand and saying okay this is you know this is the card i'm playing i have hundreds of these planet killing uh death stars at my 
maybe they weren't ready. Maybe he just like, like, no, I need 15 more minutes. Like just build up another planet killer and (laughs) go for it, guys. We've done this before guys. Come on, do it, do it. And, um, but yeah. And the fact that it took its energy from the, the sun near, (laughs) near the star killer base. And it looked like if it had shot the second time, it would have killed that star. You've got a planet that needs a sun to power it, and there's no sun nearby. Yeah, I, I don't think suns recharge like that. I'm no, I'm no astrophysicist. I don't know. Maybe I'm the wrong person to ask. But we're also I'm, talking in a universe where people can lift rocks with their minds. But still, there, there has to be some sort of physics that yeah, I think even bind it together. At least the main idea behind that is get rid of the Republic Navy. So, so. Yeah he won't have any opposition when he sends this fleet through because I, I seem to remember watching YouTube videos that these are, are Imperials star destroyer ones, not the twos, not the advanced ones. Well, they've, they've got the, the, the super laser and the, and it's thing, but it's, it's not the, not the, the, the second version. They're back. The, it's like putting new wheels on an old, on an old Chevy. It's like, Yes, it's it's got work. It works better, but it's not the it's, we're putting it in on a Chevy and not a not a Cadillac type of. Thing. Well, obviously they uh, they called Exhibit. He got you know dusted out the old MTV crew and Pimp My Star Destroyer was uh, <laughs> yeah. filming in the outer regions at that time. So Which obviously had fifty throwing some ground effects. Speakers. And- <laughs> yeah. why don't you just put a big gun on the bottom? That'll be fine. It'll just. <laughs> why did you ever think of that before? Um, and then where did all these red helmeted humans come from? That's that's another thing too. It's the staffing of all of these ships. Yeah. Like they it's in, you know, some of the right. uh you know, the ships of Star Wars, one of those big encyclopedia books where it says exactly how many people it takes, but it's uh, you know, it's on par with like a couple of US Air Force aircraft carrier. I think it's like 10 to 20,000. Yeah. So but Maybe it's clones. That's kind of the excuse for a lot of the Star Wars questions <laughs> these days. Oh, clone. Clone it. Well, Just clone it. What what the, the First Order was doing was going out into the unknown regions, finding a planet and go, okay, we're taking all your kids. They're going to go become stormtroopers and, and be Navy men in our, in our Star Destroyers. And you don't want us? Well, too bad. We'll, we'll t- we're taking them anyway. So that was like one of the storylines of the of uh battlefront two, the the single mm-hmm. player that they were going into whole systems and take recruiting well recruiting stealing all yeah. these kids to be yeah so that's that's where they got the 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 crew from. and that was hux's uh that was all led and spearheaded by hux's father yeah i think too wasn't it yeah yeah so but but again that would have been a nice little tie-in but maybe that's just for the who, who turned you know, out was was his the guy that plays Huck's actual father, old Mad Eye Mooney from uh, from uh, Harry Potter? This whole uh, this whole movie. Well, sorry, I'll go on a tangent here real quick. This whole movie smacked of Harry Potter. They have to go for a Horcrux hunt in order to find these little pieces to find this person that the previous generation had killed who has built himself back up to life, piecing himself together <laughs> only to have a final confrontation, literally sucking the energy out of him at the end. I expected Ray to just call a Patronus out and just whoop 
Palpatine's ass at the end there, but don't uh, worry, we're with you, Harry. I mean, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> all all your family are behind you, Ray. Everything goes white, and then there's Dumbledore just rubbing their backs, like it's in your mind. But well, no one's really uh, accused Star Wars of any originality for a while, so maybe like JJ like read that, and he's like, you know, what? that's pretty good. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah. But they called in uh, J.K. Rowling as a you know a contributing ghostwriter in there, perhaps. But. That also goes back to the bringing balance to the Force because apparently yep. all the s- previous Sith are embodied inside Palpatine. So so Ray having all the past Jedi doing it counteracting each other bringing the balance back yeah yeah uh, uh, yeah totally i uh i think that was a nice little kind of it was a neat little cameo even though it was just you know audio medium but the uh i, I meant to get the list of everyone in front of me there but there was like ahsoka uh freddie prince jr who's oh, yeah, yeah. jarris um uh you know liam neeson was back ewan mcgregor was it mace they, windu yep. mace windu yep sammy gel jackson was in there too um uh yeah obviously yoda and uh, the whole gang it seemed like so that was but, uh that was nice if nothing else i was just like ah, this cool. brings yep. back to mind the question about in revenge of the jedi of the sith when palpatine have you ever heard the story of darth plagueis and luke mm. or anakin should have said no because all the sith disappeared a thousand years ago how would I ever hear a story about a, a guy that had been in hiding for the last thousand years? Oh yeah, you got a point. But anyway, yeah. let me tell you about it. Wait, wait, how do you know about it then? Yeah. yeah. See, I um, wondered. I thought about this afterwards, and it was actually probably 15 minutes before we hit record that I just typed out this little theory before I forgot it. But um, so there was this great book called Darth Plagueis that came out, I think, 15 minutes before Disney bought and retconned everything. Uh, I think like that book, Darth Pl- or Plagueis, I think it was called, and Tarkin came out almost at the exact same time, like a week or two apart. And Tarkin, the latter, was just was canon, but Plagueis was not. And it had the uh, like the upbringing of Sheev Palpatine and how he was brought into the dark side and his relationship with Darth Plagueis, and it was uh, and it showed, said like what that whole theory was all about about you know trying to prevent death and um, and whatnot. But of course, without going out the window now thank you mickey mouse um but i wondered if this whole uh the 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 um the force healing which is kind of a new thing um spoiler alert for the mandalorian as well um you uh, like also first of all you need to watch if you haven't played dark forces 2 at dark forces 2 (laughs) yeah yeah force healing it wasn't quite, it's it's definitely been in a couple of the video games, you know, like uh, Knights of the Old Republic, there is the Force heal, but it, maybe it just wasn't emphasized enough yeah. to counterbalance the destructive nature of the dark side. You don't really get that, and it's maybe not quite as visual until recently when, you know, Baby Yoda and now Rey, uh, you know, exhibit this, the power of the Force heal itself. And I was wondering if Darth Plagueis, perhaps, started tapping into the light side, maybe. And was really experimenting and preventing people from dying by tapping into the light side of the force. And then Sheev seeing this perceived weakness, perhaps, on his call to the light. And was maybe charting to learn this power or understand it a little bit more. But then killed him before or, it was really explained. Or I don't know. It's just a random little theory. But Could, um, could be more vampire-like in that not tapping into the light side, but 
taking the life energy from other character, other people, which, yeah, which would also go along with his his fascination with cloning. So, yeah. oh, I I need some more life. Okay, build another couple clones. I'll suck them out and well, yeah. I'll suck their life force <laughs> out. Although he did have kids. lucky clones, he did have kids. So he did, right. he did. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's there. It's canon now. He had kids. So, uh, but no, it's it's. Uh, I thought I I think we're not done with necessarily every element of the Skywalker saga. I think there's going to be some definite like it. it well, again, with this whole Darth Plagueis thing going out the window and now with the comeback of um, Palpatine, I think there is eventually going to be some sort of um, the medium, so to speak, that explores the, you know, the backstory of Palpatine, um, the prequel to prequels, I guess you could say, uh, just where this power came from and how was he able to, why won't you die? Like that scene in, in Austin Powers, but uh, yeah, so. All right. Well, another question I have: If Luke and Leia always knew Ray was a Palpatine and accepted her, why would they reject Ben? Wouldn't you always think that the Palpatine darkness is more dangerous than the Skywalker darkness? I think they um, learned their lesson. Now, did they say in this? I can't remember if they said that if we saw your spirit or saw your heart. Was it? Um, Maz but they saw that, that Ben was an asshole. Uh, but, anyway. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Hence Luke hovering him over him with a uh, but, with a lit lightsaber. But but like they said that Snoke had already gotten to Ben when Luke went into his hut to confront him. Whereas Ray was an unknown had had didn't have the 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 touch of the dark side, the the taint of the darks. Well no, getting back to bad language. Anyway, but she was she was more pure than Ben was because as she was growing up, she didn't really know she was force sensitive. Whereas Ben was like, "Oh, I'm force sensitive," and my grandfather was Darth Vader. Oh, wow, yeah. So that that that's sort of gonna mess you up. It's trying to kind of like finding out that your grandfather was Hitler. It's like, okay, what <laughs> yeah. should I do? Type of thing. Plus, yeah. when you when you got a oh, like the the Monty Python skit with the. Mr. Helter, you know, he's right. Uh, he goes, oh, maybe I've got a dark dark side in me and, uh, and, and Snoke's there. You know, he's right. But that was a, a, a theme for his character throughout the movies that he was com- conflicted, that he had the light side in him, but he wanted to reject it and take in the dark side, but the light side wouldn't let him have be a totally get rid of it. Yeah. yeah. And so this whole, like, Luke uh, following this Jedi hunter to that uh, to Burning Man, um, Exo Exo Jill. They're looking for that. So, do you think? So he followed him and Lando followed him there uh, to pass the scene or whatever, wherever you want to call it. Did he know that the Jedi hunter had uh, Palpatine's grandson or whatever on there, or are they just going after him for the knife? I can't remember. I th- I want to say it was just for the knife, um, but. Yeah, I don't know if they actually. But wouldn't what wouldn't Luke sense Palpatine's son? And if he always knew, did he know about Ray as a grandchild because they're going after this hunter or whatever? And so this hunt, this Jedi hunter comes out of nowhere to go after this grandkid and you know kill some people. And Luke kind of is along for all this, and he there's all these like kind of loose things that kind of point to some Sith 
conspiracy, and then he's just like, I gotta go to the thought, to the island. I thought Luke was looking for the 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 navigational the wayfinder. Thing on the wayfinder. The wayfinder. That okay. The, that the uh, guy the guy had because apparently Palpatine was on whatever the planet is that the Sith came from, and that guy needed it to get back to bring the sun to Palpatine, so that's why he had it. Or Okay, so maybe it just didn't happen. But I, I do want to say it was very convenient that that uh, spaceship that had been sitting there for years was fine and just like started right back up. It was all of a sudden it's flying all around. They just don't make them like they used to. Yeah. yeah. It was even locked. It's like it's one <laughs> yeah. of those plants. You don't need to lock your spaceship, you know. Just that safe. Why don't we take that ship? Oh, it's a load of crap. Oh wait, no, oh, we'll go with a load of crap. Yeah, uh, works. A cute right. little uh cute little bit of trivia from that scene that I'd I'd not initially picked up on um was that when they were saying that this festival happens only every once every forty two years and the 42 years ago was the beginning of um oh uh, yeah uh it was you know 1977 was the beginning of this whole this whole star wars thing um so it was, i always uh, think about 42 in terms of hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy so i i, I was thinking about that instead of that but that's a it's a good easter egg there you go yeah this is one of those cute little ah yeah neat moving right. on with well, my life but <laughs> yeah moving on i'm sorry about all this negativity let's get into something that was good uh chewbacca's medal was that the most well-earned award in ever in the galaxy i want to apologize for the th- uh fellow theater goers for me yelling yeah <laughs> I, I it happened i'm I, i've never wanted to be that guy in a movie theater but it just happened i'm sorry i was so happy um especially after the emotional roller coaster bob i can't help but think of you or couldn't help but think of you in the theater when Ray used the force lightning on that transport that was going away. My gut went into my stomach and I thought, Bob, no, what's he going to do? I got to call him. I got to make sure he's okay. But then I, I was like, no, nope, movie's bad. not done. Movie's not done. Let's sit through this for a little bit. So Peter, wow. it's well documented uh, in these podcasts. My love for Chewbacca. Uh, in fact, it made me stop reading the old the old novels remember like when they got yeah. to that point point where Chewbacca died and I was just like fuck this I don't even care I hate Han and Leia's twins or whatever got him killed Jane, no. I think it was the young oh that's right it was yeah. Anakin and I was just like I'm out and then I almost I thought about that too Pat I was just like what give me well that, that, give me that's what I took away on the force awakens ago well we got Chewbacca back but we lost Han I'm good with this I'm good with this yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's okay. That's not uh, how it works. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I did have a whole thing where I was, uh, I is almost like JJ was listening to my own complaints. So in this, this I'll allow his fan service because I was, I did nothing but bitch about Chewbacca not getting uh, an award after New Hope at the end. You know, like Han gets a medal, Luke gets a medal, and Chewbacca's just, hey, how's it going? You know, but now he got his. He got his. It might have been used, but you know, it's a thought that counts. Yeah, gently used, but uh, <laughs> it's yeah. gently used. Oh, here's another question. I think I don't, and I couldn't catch it. What did Finn have to say to Ray? Uh, JJ has been quoted at a screening when he was talking with fans afterwards that he is force sensitive. Oh, oh yeah, because he was like, I can sense stuff, and then I almost with how things were. I was almost really waiting for the reveal that 
Finn was like Mace Windu's grandson or something like that, you know? That would have been cool. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not swearing enough to be Samuel L. Jackson's grandson. <laughs> yeah. Not nearly enough cussing. Yeah. No bad motherfuckers going around. Yeah. Oh, although yeah, that, that, I, I, that brought up oh, a point on Facebook when I was talking about it. Uh, how is it possible that the Jaina and all those stormtroopers that that left because when they went to shoot someone, they they it felt wrong to do it. Where they're force sensitive as well, which hmm. sort of brings up the point. Well, Palpatine's thinking that okay, all the Jedi are gone, so let's have force sensitive stormtroopers to to take over. And if any of my apprentices mess up enough or try to kill me, I can get them, and I've got a pool of of stormtroopers that I can call in to take their place. Hmm. I don't know. I wish they kind of like, I almost thought they were going to talk more about where Finn came from. And I wish they did just uh, like, are they all from the same planet? Is Lando like Lando comes at the end. And I almost thought it was like Lando was going to tell him like, you know, you're my son too, or something. I don't know. Like, I just wish they kind of explored that a little bit. That was in one of the, um, one of the medium, whether it be comics or a book. I, uh, I didn't read it, but I read Read some read about someone who had read it uh, that Lando's kid in canon was taken by the First Order um, long 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 ago. Obviously, um, was taken by the First Order and trained as a um, uh, yeah to be you know used as a stormtrooper. Hmm. So um, I'm wondering, and I I think that was discussed or said in the actual filming of the movie. And it might've been a scene that was cut. So uh, I'm looking forward to reading the, uh, I, f- I find the books like the audiobooks especially uh, there's a na- narrator, Mark Thompson, especially that does a phenomenal job with all of these characters. Anyways, uh, I find that the books of these movies give a little bit more of those cut, uh, cut scenes. Um, like they'll keep those in the book itself. And it kind of adds a little bit, a little bit of substance to, uh, um, to some of these, to some of the storylines. So I'm hoping, wondering what, if that's going to be touched on at all, because uh, at the end, especially when Lando was saying to um, it's, it's Jaina, right? Yeah. Uh, he says, well, let's go find out. Like, I think a lot of people were wondering, is that, you know, is it going to eventually come to a conclusion that they're related or um, something along those lines, but and a l- yeah. little bit of evidence that those stormtroopers are force sensitive because Jaina, took down a TIE fighter going at full speed with a bow and arrow. Cause like, yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Oh, you got another one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, they should have, yeah. They should have shielded it a little bit better right there. Oh, uh, that was an extra, extra 40 credits per TIE fighter. Uh, we can't afford it. Yeah. They're not going to be able to get those mega cannons on the bottom of, uh, hundreds of star destroyers by you know wasting money wasting frivolous money on uh on something shields like a <laughs> upgraded we armor. got rid of the republic there's no there's not going to be any shielded fighters against this yeah, now exactly. They're all gone. <laughs> um okay um are are you guys looking forward to an uh another movie trilogy or do you think that should just stay on and like series on disney plus for a while should we all just like kind of die let stuff die down a little bit what do you think I think they should go with the spaghetti model where they have multiple single shots with the possibility of sequels and throw it against the wall and see what sticks and what doesn't. 
Yeah, it's a good People idea. are on board with this Mandalorian thing right now. I think it's the top streamed show in the world right yeah. now. I think I read recently. Um, I, it's it's a fun show. It's I I'm enjoying it certainly. Um, you I know, find... and I think I think it's because people really love the universe. I love the universe. Yeah, I, but I'm just kind of tired of the Skywalker stuff. Like all this stuff, it's got, it's so confusing. You have to like read so many books, and you end up like yeah. arguing and making like the thing is like it makes you work so hard. You have to read so much stuff, and you have to make so many explanations for what they do just to kind of make everything jive. It just um, it's just that's what I liked about the Mandalorian. It's just going into all these different parts that they never did before. And just kind of like living in the universe, you know, and not worrying about like prophecies and midichlorians and all that kind of crap, you know. But with the baby, that is a <laughs> lot of problems that is somewhat uh, with prophecy. Although, that, yeah. since this is happening like five years after Return of the Jedi. And the the doctor with the Camino patch on his arm is they're they're wanting to study the baby Yoda. Oh, sorry, spoilers. Anyway, yeah. Uh, oh, yes. That could be part of again my theory that those stormtroopers have some force sensitivity. They they oh, yeah. did oh. while uh, the guy from the Poco Loco has an has baby Yoda. Yeah. Spoilers for the last episode. Uh, <laughs> they, they figure out how to imbue force powers into their recruits. That's probably, but I think, I think what, um, how Disney kind of approached this is, it's probably f- for the better, right? Is they, they're like John Favreau and, um, Dave Filoni make the story that you want to make, you know, and within the parameters of, the, of whatever is going on in Star Wars, instead of there's so much expectations and all this stuff that just weighs down these movies that they're able to, you know. So I think I'm personally looking forward to more of these uh, series and hopefully, like you said, like more of these spaghetti movies, you know, like Force or Rogue One people really liked, you know. Well, m- more precisely, find people that love Star Wars and have yeah. them do what they want, not, oh, you're a great director. We want you to do a Star Wars. Well, I don't know much <laughs> about it, but okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, we'll we'll have them for most of the movie chase them. Well, couldn't some of the other ones uh, hyperspace in front of them and box them in? No, no, the, the chase is good. So I have to say, I have to mention that people are really good at hyperspacing now, space jumping. Like that whole thing with like Poe and stuff, they're doing like these micro jumps and those like tie fires right behind them. It's like it's like okay, and shouldn't you be like smashing through all those like buildings and stuff? It's sort of like a Scooby Doo chase. Oh here here there we're there <laughs> yeah. we're there now we're here now. Oh yes oh uh, oh we're chasing you yeah oh I'm going this way by. All right. So where do you guys think this ranks in terms of Star Wars? Lots of people are making lists right now. Where Ooh. is this? I haven't even considered that yet, but uh, uh, I, I think the best of the trilogy, um, personally, I, uh, I I enjoyed The Force Awakens, but it was, uh, I'll, I'd call it virtually a shot-for-shot remake of, you know. And New Hope, yeah. New Hope. Um, and Last Jedi, I think we've, it's, it's no real 
huge surprise that uh although you know it's it's star wars it is what it is that's you know if that's canon and hey that's canon but uh i don't say that you know it i've not rewatched it to the same extent that i have with previous incarnations of it um i liked it better than uh better than attack of the clones i enjoyed i'm one of the very very few but i really liked it maybe it's just because of my um my age at the time uh i really liked the um the phantom menace or a phantom menace the phantom menace um but uh nine years old uh i what what would i have been 13 i want to say older than i (laughs) yeah anything under 10 i could probably have that excuse but uh 13 i think i was uh, maybe just I was a late bloomer, perhaps. I don't know, but it was. Uh, I, I think I just like the action of you know getting Darth Maul introduced, and then the, um, you know, you get to see. I think I discussed it on our previous uh, discussion, uh, saying how you know you really got this understanding as to who the Jedi are and how badass they were with lightsabers and flips and kicks and oh, cool. Um, but over, so I would, uh, I'd rank this above those two, um, but below the original trilogy, maybe above. Solo, not as good as Rogue One, but above Solo, perhaps. Solo's not at the end for you, at the bottom. Uh, you like Solo? Oh, it, it comes out. I don't mind. Pat, it. You like Solo? I don't. I don't. No, I I didn't mind it. I liked it. I'll I'll yeah. say that out loud right here, right now. That I put that in the notes too. Yeah, to make sure people know. <laughs> so that, that, You're that on invitation, the list, buddy. Pat. That's uh, that's that's at the door. Uh, no, well, you could just bring me on and tease me and just pepper me with random facts and questions about it and see if I can defend myself against it. But um, uh, I Is, would this I, be a topic for roommating habits, your podcast? Oh, certainly. Like, oh, yeah. Be, like, what would the cohabitation arrangements be between Han and Chewie? And what would those early days have been like, uh, you know, figuring it out? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so uh, I'd say above Solo. In and around the same place as Rogue One, the original trilogy is still you know top three for me. Sure. Um, How about Revenge of the is a four, but yeah, it it's probably neck and neck with Force Awakens, which is way far ahead of of the Last Jedi. Uh, are you a solo believer too, or is, or is I, that number eleven? I liked it. Uh, it sort of sort of threw out the fact that Solo was his actual family name with all the uh, Thrak and Sal Solo, solo from the. Uh, Expended, extended, expended, sure. extended universe, uh, and that was a dick. Yeah, uh, but looked exactly <laughs> like him, except he had a beard. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, this is the best of this trilogy. Uh, it's better than the prequel trilogy, but probably Revenge, Revenge of the Sith. Then again, I do like the fan, it's tough, right? the Phantom Menace it's tough. because I actually like it for the political stuff that everyone's finding right. boring. So no, don't you see that he he did he, he, he made them do that, saying yes, I'll I have your back, but oh no no, I'll have your back too, and like like manipulation because the Phantom Menace is actually Palpatine, but all this all the storyline of that movie was just window dressing to, to as an excuse for him to become extreme, extreme Supreme chancellor, but now extreme <laughs> with extra nacho sauce. dude. Anyway. He kick flips onto the podium yeah. and just does a grind up to the way. Yeah. yeah. So, Damn bitches uh, for, for taking over the universe. So like, so let's see. Number one would probably be empire. Then a new hope. Then 
probably this one, and then working your way down, uh, probably Return of the Jedi, uh, The Force Awakens. Uh, Attack of the Clones is okay. I like that. And then probably the at the bottom would be Mr. Johnson because <laughs> right. of the uh, the logist, lo- logical leaps <laughs> that they they decided you have to let it die. So yeah, but we've had seven movies saying it works this way. Yeah, but this way it works better. <laughs> okay, yeah, right. Uh, okay, final question, you guys. Uh, if you can go back and become any character in the Star Wars universe or in the trilogy or in the nine episodes Skywalker saga, who would it be? My answer, of course, is Chewbacca. I'd love to be Chewbacca because he gets around with wearing no clothes and no one ever says anything. I don't know. Like, there's This is a tough one. This is a tough one because now do you have to live their exact life or could it just be? No, I, I, I'll just say, I think I would be Lando Calrissian. I think that guy is just smooth as hell. Just the ultimate cool guy. Maybe it's just my nerdy self just being like, oh, that'd be fun to be cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I think he's got it all together. He's a smart, successful businessman who, um, you know, he obviously he's not going to stand up to Darth Vader. But uh, who would, really? Yeah, so, I would. Hell, I quick think, aside, Pat. Quick yeah. aside. Did you notice that in the movie, uh, Lando was wearing that one like calm thing, like an old man? Like it looked like he didn't really know how to put it on. It was like kind of just like up on his forehead or something. I was just like, oh, that's such an old man thing. Oh, like... I didn't. But I'm going to be looking for it now. He's probably going to have soup dangling from his mustache. Too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's Lando. Like, he's like, let's he get this phenomenal. wrapped up by five. Like Golden Corral is open. <laughs> like we got to go. Come on. Billy D, you're still the tits. I love him. I know. He's the greatest. I actually <laughs> met him at a at a Comic Con in Halifax four or five years ago, just before the Force Awakens. And I asked, uh, so did they ask you to be in the movie? And he was like, No. Okay. <laughs> so, so good for you, Billy D. They they got you, finally got you in. They got yeah. Him. yeah. He's like, thanks. I, I that's why I'm here. <laughs> Got to pay the bills. Yeah. All right. How about you, Peter? Who would you be? R two D two. Ooh, nice. that's a good one. Because you get yeah. fly fly the things and and uh, yeah. you get to know more than anyone else. Because like, yeah, I I knew your grandma. I knew your mom. I uh yeah oh yeah those C three PO stop being an idiot. So oh my yeah. his his memory drives us so bad. But yeah, like I've got your memory back up right here. Actually, no, I do. Let's plug you in. Okay, you're back. All right, sir. That's a good one. And you even take a nap for like 20 years or something like that. And he just oh, likes to. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Good answer. Well, you guys, thanks a lot for coming on. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Peter. Um, once again, the invitation is always open for you guys to come back and talk movies with me. Had a great time. Like Palpatine himself, I will be back. Yes, let the hatred go. <laughs> Give me some more Last Jedi's and it'll come. <laughs> All right, and thanks for your time. May the Force be with you. All right, we're back. We're here with Mr. Romantic, Toby Crines. He, so as I was explaining on the podcast, this was uh, The Rise of Skywalker was such an important premiere that we had as an organization had to have someone on the ground 
So I dispatched Toby to California for the release. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so you saw it there, right? I did. Yeah, I saw it in California. Did you see it with your family? I did, uh, with a large contingent of Kreinzes. So, okay. So, what did you what did you think? Uh, we so we all agreed it's a seven out of ten. Like it's um, entertaining, you know, but it it it's a nostalgia movie, you know. So it, it's it hits. I thought it did a great job of tying everything up, like with a bow, with the exception of uh, Rose and Finn's romance, which I wish they would have you know, done something with, but I thought like at the end, I was like, yeah, you know, they tied up all the loose ends in a way that I'm satisfied with. And, but it, you know, it wasn't great. wasn't offensive in any way whatsoever. Like it was just kind of like, yeah, I'd watch it again. Seven out of 10. Right. And then you, have you been, did you watch the end of the Mandalorian as well? I didn't watch the newest episode. So I probably would do that tomorrow or something. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah. won't spoil it or anything, mm-hmm. but um, Leia's in there as well, uh-huh. doing the same lines. No, oh, okay. No, no, no. no. <laughs> you know, no, the one not. thing that came up, multi- I didn't think it was weird, but like multiple people were confused in our party. Multiple people were confused by the horses running on the spaceship. They're like, oh, now there's air in space. <laughs> so, like, well, I think they're still in the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, I was like. No, they're in the atmosphere. And But, but like, uh, I do think like that scene was funny. Like, um, not funny, not even like a chuckle sense, but just like, ah, you know, well done putting the horses on the spaceship, something I've never seen in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, and it reminds me of like 1914 or whatever, where, you know, World War II, when they sent the cavalry out, like, go get them, <laughs> charge. They, yeah, they get murdered. Got oh, they weren't even horses. They were like wildebeest horses. Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I've been trying to, I don't know. Because obviously with Star Wars, everything is like almost just a real combative battle over everything. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I that's really kind of thinking about the movie, I haven't seen it a second time or something. And I might not until it comes on Disney Plus. But I was just thinking, like, I'm just glad this is done. Like, I'm just glad. It's just they just had nowhere else to go. It's just there's just so there's such a weight of expectations and people, and you got angry fanboys. You got you know like Disney wanting their billion plus release every time and it just really caused them to just like they kept on remaking the same crap again yeah. and again yeah and i like that perspective and so it's just like at the time like it's fine i know that a lot a lot of people are very energetic online about defending it's almost like they put as much effort into saying how great this movie was and how, as they did as how bad the last Jedi was, right? You know, yeah. So they they have like it. They have to be like, look, I was right. Ryan Johnson's gone, and all this stuff was kind of all walked back. You know, it's just you know, it's kind of stupid. Yeah, you know? yeah. So here's here's a, here's one thing. So uh, a common thing that people complained about was the holdo maneuver, which is basically just like ramming through at light speed. <laughs> right. You know, they're like, how does that even work? <laughs> but then it's like, but JJ is having these um ships like we said it before they're doing these all uh, their own stupid things where they're getting into the atmosphere like hundreds right. of feet above right. and this is a moving planet that's spinning yeah. and stuff like <laughs> right. like they don't even have direct deposit for like their banking system <laughs> right. and they're going to be like they're right. going to be able to do this and they're going to be skipping like light speed like yeah. i don't like yeah I don't know. yeah it's uh 
I mean, there's just, I don't know. Like, having Palpatine come back um, is just sort of like, really? Why? Yeah. Like, where do they get all these thousands of Star Destroyers? And, and I know some people are like, don't worry about it. But it, <laughs> it kind of bothered me. You it, know? it was strange. The the You know, the Palpatine thing was the nostalgia part. I get that. But, like, you know, it's kind of the thing. Like, yeah, I, and it was at least 10,000. It was probably, like, what, 30,000 spaceships or something of, like. Yeah, or something. And like, And each one has, like, 20,000 people on it. Right. Yeah. And uh, that, <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's like the old thing we, we've talked about before. Like, building a Death Star would require, like, 10,000 planets worth of, like, minerals, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, um, you know, so the math. Yeah, I mean. It, it was. I thought it was strange, like ha- seeing all the those uh, enemy ships on that planet, because like it just seemed too perfect, like visually. I was like, I would have liked <laughs> to seen some like rocking back and forth. You know, these are just nitpicking, but um, it did seem like like typical, given like the superhero movies of today. You know. Yeah. Um, but and I'm with Lando, you. Yeah, Lando comes with like somehow rounds up all these people. Like, yeah, I mean, in the Millennium Falcon, he's like wearing his like little headset like an old man. Like <laughs> doesn't really know how to use. <laughs> he doesn't know how to use it like the young yeah. kids do. Yeah. Oh, and then in the beginning of the movie, what was that like Blob character? What was this? Do you remember? Like he was just he's randomly on there. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, like he got a hug at some point. At the end, I think he got hugged, yeah. didn't he? <laughs> well, and then there's the lesbian kiss. You know, the meeting. Oh yeah, kiss, that's right. Um, which is fine. You know, I, but again, like it seemed more of a statement, like on the Me Too thing, rather than like, you know, it wasn't a romance that we were waiting or anticipating. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, yeah, and I'm not going to get too much into like each bullet point of what doesn't make sense. I think in the end, like I think they just have to. Hopefully, they they bury it like uh, Ray buried those lightsabers in Tatooine, (laughs) even though Leia never went has been to Tatooine. Yeah, though I guess like Anakin was from there. Yeah, I I hope they do too. Like I think of like the Mandalorian. Um, Mm -hmm. So I've watched the first six, I guess, uh, or five, whatever. Uh, And I don't think it's all that good, but I enjoy it enough because it's Star Wars and I really don't feel any complaints or conflicts about it, you know, because it's a totally new storyline. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, "Eh, you know, I I might never watch it again and I don't find it that entertaining, but like, it's still pretty cool. It's Star Wars, you know, versus this one. You're like, I, like you're saying, I come in with all these expectations, like, Wait, what about Rose? You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, um, and now everyone's co- yeah fighting about like was Rose passed over? Right, and like yeah. yeah, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, hopefully they can. I don't know. You know, maybe Disney Plus will allow them to tell all these different stories and spin off something that seems to be interesting. Yeah, or maybe I- they'll reboot it. <laughs> They're going to remake episode four that would be pretty awesome <laughs> yeah uh, uh any last thoughts about it um yeah i i think um I, i'm curious to see what they do next i can't imagine they're gonna let this thing die you no. know i mean how many marvel movies have they made like 15 or something <laughs> um you know there's a billion dollars waiting for the next movie you know especially if they play it off like this is the last one you know it's like a kiss tour you know this is it everybody <laughs> get your right. tickets yeah 
Yeah, that's a big question. What are they going to do next? You know, well, hopefully it is not going to have anybody race uh, Skywalker. Oh yeah, that's another thing. Race Skywalker, like her parents, like um, gave up their lives to protect her. Maybe she should take her mom's maiden name or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, or... <laughs> yeah. My favorite meme about that was uh, God, I need to. Find, I haven't found it, but. And I hope I don't butcher this too much. It's like basically the last scene, and that woman is comes like, "Who are you?" and and Ray <laughs> looks at her and says, "I'm Ray Star War." <laughs> uh, that's great. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite of the three? The the most recent three. Um, the end of the Rise of Skywalker because it ended, is done. No, <laughs> yeah. uh, the favorite movie? Uh, yeah, of the three. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't. I think I think maybe some of my favorite scenes were in the second one. Mm-hmm. You know, like that um, that fight scene mm-hmm. in the Snoke's. Yeah, with Luke. Yeah. You mean, oh, you mean the one with Snoke and yeah, Rey Snoke and, and all yeah. the all its guards and stuff. Yeah. That was a really. Mm-hmm. great scene um so they had some of that um so i don't know i think I, you need to talk to talk to me in a year or so yeah everything's not so raw right and i feel very contrary to all these people like oh the rise of skywalker is so well done oh it's yeah. just like everything just like whatever yeah how about you do you even know? I think it's second one for the reasons you stated. Like, like I love the Luke Skywalker fight scene at the end. Yeah, you know, and in the way the the lead into that, where um, Kylo Ren is like, "Fire every weapon we have on that man!" <laughs> he's just he's like, "More!" And then uh, he's still, you know, when he comes out of that smoke, I get goosebumps when, yeah. when Luke does, you know, just walks out. Yeah, and then he's actually in that movie. I wish he was in the trilogy more, but I understand mm-hmm. that. It's about the yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? It's almost like they couldn't. They they. I think they tried to do this middle ground too much and just really didn't make. Well, they made some people happy, but also caused everyone to be upset, right? Because mm-hmm. you have these new characters, but you're still so caught in what you did before, right? You know, instead of just moving on. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, or it's like they didn't really commit to whatever. Are they continuing? what they did in the previous, like in the, in that trilogy, or are they just doing a whole new thing? And they Mm -hmm. didn't really do either. And as a consequence, it's just sort of had these, had these problems. Right. Yep. Like they're, that's my non-expert take on that. You're halfway in, halfway out. Yeah. Well, I should, where's my, where's my phone? This is what, um, I'm Ray Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Um, Okay, so this is what um, our legal counsel, Paul Shear, had to say about it. Uh-huh. Okay, he's uh, his take is that it's fun like a music video, but not structurally pleasing. As... Oh, on the movie. Yeah. So, our sponsor said that, Paul Shear. Yeah, our legal counsel. Um, <laughs> so it was like, kind of like Rhythm Nation, you're, mm-hmm. like with Janet Jackson. Oh, you're yeah. Like, who are, like, who, who's this army? Yeah. But, but it looks good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Toby. Thank um, you, Bob. And I will talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. All right, bye.